Hey, this is the week that changed the world. And right now we are at the apex of it. It's Good Friday. The day that we celebrate the reality that Jesus Christ completed his rescue mission of us when he died on the cross for our sin. And then he rose from the dead, which is Resurrection Day or, or Easter Sunday. And today we focus on the reality that Christ was sent as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Some translations say he is the propitiation for our sin. He's the substitute for us. Now, in today's language, oftentimes we use substitute as a term that denotes second best or when I played you know, sports back in high school and college, uh, a substitute wasn't a starter. They just weren't quite as good. They came in the game, and typically it was as the, the better player needed a rest, and in would come the sub or the substitute, and the sub was then pulled when the better player was gotten, you know, they got their rest, and then they came back in the game. Or maybe a substitute is um, like when you're cooking, and you are missing your main ingredient and you need a substitute for that main ingredient and you look for something that can can take its place and sometimes the substitute works out no one notices other times you end up explaining why the cake you made didn't work out or why the pie you made didn't quite work out because the substitute just didn't do as well as the normal ingredient would have and I may be walking out on thin ice right here for another substitute, but I'm not a big sugar substitute guy. So when I'm in a restaurant and I get a cup of coffee and then they give me the, the whole packet of, of different, uh, different packets of sugar things, you know, when the, when the pink packet comes of sweet and low, that just really doesn't do it for me. Sugar substitutes don't do it for me. And, and let's just face it, though, in our world... In our culture today, oftentimes, substitute means inferior. It means second best. It means of lesser value or lesser quality. But today, I just want to have us take that whole idea and just throw it out of our minds. I want us today to be introduced to a substitute. He's actually our substitute. His name is Jesus. And the pinnacle of this substitute is right now, it is Good Friday when he died on the cross as our substitute in our place. And the only way that he could be our substitute, the only way that he could be in our place is not that he was inferior, but that he was the best, that he was the perfect one and that he was actually superior to all else. Now, I want to take us through the verse that we talked about last Sunday. It's in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, and here's how they read for us. It says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And here's where we're going to put the car in park. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He is the atoning sacrifice 
for our sins. So notice these words, and here's where we're going to understand the truth of the, of the fact that Jesus is our substitute. The text reads, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Some translations say Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. Now, I want to see this word propitiation or atoning sacrifice for how it originally reads and is understood by the original recipients in Bible days. It, it actually is understood as a two-sided coin. There's two tremendous understandings to this word atoning sacrifice or propitiation, which I really think you're going to enjoy. The very first side of atoning sacrifice or propitiation is this, that Jesus made restitution. That's, that's a big word for us to remember. Jesus made restitution for the offense that we made. Jesus made restitution for the offense that we made. That's the first side of the coin. Now, this is the reality that we understand that's said in the verse. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Now, no big revelation here. I have an advantage. You're at home. You're most likely sitting next to people that know you very, very well. If we were in church, everyone's looking lovely this evening. Everyone's in their best clothing. You know, people look around and you think, boy, they must be really good people. Well, chances are you're sitting on your couch. You might be in your sweatpants. You might have your legs draped over the end of the couch or in your recliner with your slippers on, your feet up. Everyone around you knows right now exactly the kind of person that you are. And everyone would agree right now, we're all sinners. We're all regular people. We've all blown it. And the Bible bears record to that. In the book of Romans, chapter 3, it's, there's a couple key verses. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's another verse that says, there is no one that is righteous, not even a single one. So offenses against God are stated in Scripture, and offenses against God are known by our experience. We know that we've blown it. There's wrong actions that we've done. There's words that we've said. There's thoughts that we've thought. There's motives that we've had. There's even things that we've known that we should do that we've not done. And one person said, you know, with, with wrong actions, with words, with thoughts, with motives, and then things that we should have done that we didn't do. Imagine if we only did five sins a day. It would probably be next to a miracle, only five sins a day. But imagine that you're nearly perfect and you only did three sins a day. I'm just going to reveal to you, I'm going to be 50 this year. That would be over 50,000 sins on my account. How many sins on your account? And that would be if we're nearly perfect. And I'm telling you right now, I have way more than 50,000 sins on my account. So here's the first side of the coin. That Jesus made restitution as our atoning sacrifice for our sins. You remember the final words of Jesus when he died on the cross? 
He said these words, it is finished. And here's what they mean. It is paid in full or the debt is paid in full. Jesus Christ himself paid the debt of our sin. He made restitution for our offenses that we have made against God when he died on the cross for our sin. Now, I mentioned that there's two sides of this coin. He made restitution for our sin. But here's the other side of it. It's possible to make restitution for the offense, but still have a problem with the one that you've offended. Now, just think about that. It's possible to make restitution, but still have a problem with the one you've made that you've offended. Now, I was, I was thinking about this very thing, and back when I was a kid, back in the little town of Savannah, New York, probably a population about 500 people, my dad would take uh, me to the barber shop in town, and we'd get our hair cut normally on a Saturday morning. And I remember one Saturday morning, we were leaving the barber shop, and as we were, um, I flung the door open as we left, and it was a glass door, and the door flung wide open, and it never stopped, and it continued on, and I remember hearing behind me the glass door just shattering, and all the glass falling out of it, and just come crashing down to the sidewalk, and my heart just sank, and, and we looked back, both my dad and I, and we knew that there was a big problem. I saw the barber turn and, and look out, and he knew exactly what happened as well, and I knew I had blown it, that I had made an offense, that we were going to have to make restitution for me breaking the door of the barbershop right there on that Saturday morning. And I remember my dad saying, Brian, go on ahead. You, you just go out to the car. I'll, I'll take care of this. I'll be right, I'll be right out. And he went into the barber shop, and I don't even know what he did or what he said. Um, but a few minutes later, he came back out, and uh, we got in the truck and, and went on back home. And you know, it's possible that he could have made restitution. However, our relationship with the barber may have ended. However, next month, when it was haircut time again, we went right back to the barber. The door was fixed. We went back in and the relationship was just fine. Now, it's possible that you've made restitution or have had people make restitution with you, but you've thought in your mind, you know, I'm never going to trust them again. Even though they've made right with me or paid back the debt, I'll, ne I'll, never, I'll never trust them. I'm never going to have relationship with them. I'm never going to lend anything to them. I'm never going to let them take my car. I'm never going to ever do business with them ever again. So it's possible to make restitution, but never have restoration. This is the other side of the coin of the word atoning sacrifice or propitiation. The one side, Jesus made restitution for the offense that we made. Here's the other side of the coin. Jesus made restoration with the God that we offended. Jesus made restoration. One side, he made restitution for the offenses. 
The other side, he made restoration with the God we offended. The word atoning sacrifice or propitiation means that the sacrifice fully satisfied or appeased the wrath of the God that we offended. It appeased his wrath. It put him now in a position before he was angry with the offenses that we had toward him. And now that the offenses have been satisfied, Jesus Christ has now appeased this wrath. He has now put us in a position that we are now at peace with God. We now have relationship with God. No longer is there this animosity. No longer is there this wrath. We are now in a position where we have a relationship. There is restoration. There's restitution. There's restoration. There's value. I want to give you a couple verses. And think of these. This whole thing is just going to pop when you hear these. One is a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah about 600 years before Jesus was even born. Listen to these words from Isaiah chapter 53. You're going to hear restitution, and then you're going to hear restoration. Listen to this, Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's restitution. But notice this, the punishment that brought us peace. The punishment that brought us peace with God was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. There's the restoration. Notice this verse, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, there's the restitution justified. Our sin has been justified or paid for, but notice the restoration we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see both sides of that coin? All together in one. That's what Jesus did for us. He did it for us to bear the penalty for our sin to remove the wrath of God away from us and to give us this relationship of peace with him forever. So here's the deal. Jesus is our substitute. No one else could be. The church is not your substitute. No other biblical character is your atoning sacrifice. No historical figure is your propitiation. There is no saint who ever lived that is your substitute. There is no pastor that is your atoning sacrifice. I'm here to tell you today, accept no substitutes. Jesus is the only acceptable, perfect one who could be our substitute to fully atone for our sin and repair the relationship with God. And that's why today is called Good Friday. And I want to even put in a petition. Let's call it Great Friday. 
That's how big this is. That's how big the deal is that Jesus did for us in being the atoning sacrifice for our sin. But how about we take a moment and pray together as a church family and remember collectively what Jesus has done for us. So Father, we do that. We want to, as a church family, just say thank you so much for the atoning sacrifice, for this propitiation, for this double-sided coin that Jesus not only made restitution, that he not only paid the debt of all of our sin, but God, he also made restoration with you whom we've offended so that we have peace with you and we can have relationship with you. And Father, we know that this is by faith, it's by belief in what he has done. And God, we exercise that. We do believe. And we thank you, Lord, for this very special day, this Good Friday. And we thank you, Lord, for Jesus and all that he has done for us. We love you. We're grateful for your sacrifice for us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.